Okay, so welcome back to the second session with uh, Donald Molloisi. And um, we've, there's so much to unpack of your, your, your amazing life and the work that you've done and, and the studying that you've done. But let's, let's talk about you've now, you're in the UK now. Um, but we, we didn't really touch on the studies that you did in, in the first section of, of our interview. Um, let's talk about what you've studied because I know it includes your, your classical training at Lambda. Um, you've studied extensively in the United States. Let's, let's unpack the different courses that you did and then, of course, talking about what you're doing now. Absolutely. Uh, and, um, you know, Rosie, my, my education really started at home. It started in Botswana. Um, you know, performing in Botswana's first ever theater company that was professional in the early 2000s. Uh, we were the first, um, you know, theater company to um, document in docudrama uh, what was called at the time passion killings, which is really violence against women, killing of women in the early 2000s. So 20 years later, I look back with pride that we started the conversation then. I look back with sadness that the conversation has not evolved. So my training was from that kind of community theater that had to function for the community. And then I went to drama school in London, of course studied as an actor, classically trained at Lambda, uh, one of the best schools in the, in the UK. And I have to say that so that a child watching knows that Donald Mulisi, who looks like this, went to Lambda and looks like that child. Mm -hmm. um, and I got the opportunity to work with many people. Janet Suzman, Academy Award winner, she's South African. Um, when I was a student, she was one of my mentors. And she would, you know, all these people who went to Lambda, like she would tell AGO4 and David Oyelowo, who was in the United Kingdom, they are sort of, I see them as my brothers in the industry. Um, and so my studying led me to dreaming bigger. And by the time I did my master's and tried to understand academically what I do artistically, mm. then I already had, um, you know, a network of people that I could sort of uh, ask for assistance. I could call Rosie, I could call, you know, all these other people. And so for me, education has been a vehicle to self-actualization. And even now when I'm here as a achievement scholar, again, very prestigious scholarship offered by the British government, I want that Mozana child to know they can get it as well. Um, I sit in London and I think my whole future and fate and my insecurities today as a black person were decided just down the road in Buckingham Palace mm. in a certain year. How do I walk past that road? And so how do I walk past that monument, that building? And so the other day I actually went to Buckingham Palace, and, which is weird. I used to go there all the time when I was in drama school 10 years ago or whenever to study because it, was, it, it has a really nice parks around it. But this time I went to confront the statue of Victoria. I stood in front of the Victoria Memorial and screamed and yelled and insulted and emoted in Setswana how I felt about who Victoria is, was. And so my being here, even as a Chittening scholar, yes, I'm doing research. Yes, I'm a student. Yes, I have to get the, the, the certificate at the end of the master's. 
but I'm here as a human being as well. And it's been a joy to confront these monuments that um, my elders saw in 1895 when they came here to negotiate whatever was being negotiated that I'm questioning right now. So it's been refreshing. Yeah, definitely refreshing because it wasn't even negotiation. It was that dictatorship. And for you to stand in your power and say, yes, I'm going to address you. Yes, I am on your soil to better myself. However, you have every right to do so. And, you know, I hope, I hope that message is transcended to every, every African child, not even just a child from Botswana. I hope so. And it will inform my work, Rosie, because, you know, I mean, from our private conversations, <laughs> I feel like, and so you to think about death so much, but if I left, you are one of the people who I trust to draw parallels between my professional work and my private work because you know me so well as a friend and you know me so well as what is out there and for me going through kind of this experience um now being in the uk again um seeing that black history month is happening in the us this month which is the us has been my home for half my life and it's not happening here because it happened already in october um, there are things that I'm just having to sort of reshuffle my um, calendar as an activist. Um, and, and also to, to be a person because we're living through a global pandemic, Rosie. So I cannot carry on as though I am just doing the research in the archives about, you know, queer soldiers who served in the military on the side of the British and they were Tswana, right? I'm doing that research, of course. Mm. Um, and how then I get to that. But I'm also here as a human being who is mourning some of the elders I speak about who taught me that. Uh, when I was 15, Sibongile Kumalo mentored me and she mentored me for a short time. She was there in Botswana for about maybe a week where she was there to perform. I watched every rehearsal, I learned so much. I watched everything. I, I remember, and she has a goddaughter called Bongile uh, who was in my class in Botswana in high school. And Bongi helped me get access to Mamsi Bongile because she knew how important it was to me. So as I stand here in London today, researching, mourning, growing, evolving, I challenge all of us to do the same because we definitely can hold more than one thought at the same time. We can't be thinking about COVID all the time. Mm. That's so true. And, and also the way, you know, people are saying that we'll never go back to normal. Um, and if you think about our history and the think about um, the colonization, thinking about the racism, the apartheid. Yes, South Africa had a name for it, but it was all across Africa. Was that really normal? You know, so it's, right. it's about the shift that is happening and actually adapting that to this is the new normal, this is the new me. And of course, people don't like change, yeah. um, especially if it's coming from crazy Africans. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it always surprises me because, of course, I mean, this is the year when I'm in London. I am, I'm confronting the colonial archive, of course, there's that rage, but there is also a soft human being 
who is learning who they are for the first time, Rosie. The archives I see here are things we were never meant to learn as Black people, and we haven't. They were never released. They're still classified, some of them. I mean, seen, I mean, some of them, I just get to see a blurb. But you realize that your whole understanding of who you are is based on a subsection of what exists. Mm-hmm. And when I learn about what we used to wear and I look at those pictures, I weep. I definitely weep because there's a sense in which what I wear today is what my forefathers wore 200 years ago, but I cannot wear it today without the criticism that Rosie and Donald get for wearing African print like we are right now by Africans at that. So there's a certain necessity for us to stand upright, honor our elders, and I'm doing that through this journey. Mm. And you know, also, I mean, you talk about, you know, standing upright and it's not just, and we've seen this with so many other areas of our lives and and activism. And you know, Mm. now everyone, especially South Africa, is everyone on the the stock GBV, um, hashtag and wanting to do events and everything around it, but the issue has been there for many, many years. And yes, we can create this awareness, but the awareness has been there for a while. What are we actually doing on the ground? And, and yes. I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that in, into that aspect of, well, you know, um, being criticized for how we're thinking or expressing or expressing how we don't want to be treated or what we're wearing, what we're not wearing. Um, mm. And, and, it's and how, how dare we love ourselves, Rosie? I mean, that's the underlying question. How dare you love yourself? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Who do you think you are? You know, um, and, 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 and pushing it beyond the narrative. So yes, a couple of years ago, suddenly Africa Day became a big thing in South Africa. And everybody's wearing these colors and what, what, what. And I remember yeah. two years ago and saying, well, you know, I've got this Africa Day fancy dress. Can I wear one of your outfits? And I was like, I'm not a costume shop. <laughs> these are my clothes <laughs> <laughs> yeah th- this is not um costume for a ritual okay <laughs> this is me every day in my house yeah i make fun but it's really important i completely connect with that point mm. you know and 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 as much as we laugh about it it does get frustrating um and so, the, so when you when, when when you told me that you know you were moving to 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 the UK and you were pursuing the masters and what you were doing the masters on, um, I was very very excited because it's just another way of how we are going to be able to change the narrative in other areas of our world. Oh yes. In other areas oh, yes. of the world, as much as we hold the power, we still are indebted to many many colonizers. Absolutely. And, and the only way that we're achieving that and getting around that is by these fancy degrees. And majority of the time, I mean, Donald, you're incredibly well read. Um, Thank you. And, 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 and you're constantly educating, constantly learning. Yet we do need this diploma to say, okay, wait a minute, you know, I, I, I do have a seat to the table with, with the white man, probably just, you know, I mean, I'm going to get lab-based for what I'm saying, but would maybe have just scraped through this, 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 this course, whereas this is something that you've been living all your life. Exactly, exactly. And without being um, in, indebted to the West, we are tied to the West. By history, by a common faith that uh, the, the, the future 
is taking shape to be, but we can control the future. And I feel that, um, Rosie, in what you're saying, I, I hear something that I always love hearing when I speak to you, which is that we matter equally. Um, um, we matter equally. I, you know, I want to, it's, it, I want people to really understand that. Those three words. We've heard we matter, we matter, we matter. But equally is a, is a really, you have to sit on it. And I think that it's worth pointing out that as you and I sit here and we are celebrating Waka's 10th year anniversary, and this is the first uh, talent agency, Pan-African, Pan-African, to bring all the black people together under one stable to tell black stories that there is the sound of crickets about that. And so in the spirit of mattering equally, I'm seeing you know, quite nonsensical things uh, being documented in our media, in South Africa, in Botswana, everywhere. I claim South Africa as well. I claim the whole continent. Um, in our media, um, you know, uh, acknowledging these anniversaries of frivolous things, sometimes destructive things, sometimes exclusive events that no one who's non-white cares about. And yet we stand on the precipice, on the potential of marking the first time that our storytellers could tell stories borderlessly. Now that's bold. Mm. Mm. And that's a lack. I think we need to acknowledge what Waka has done uh, for the past 10 years. Yeah, and, and, and it, it, you know, it hasn't been easy for any of us because you know, when we started, when I started working with people from the continent, um, you know, as we know, South Africans, majority of us, and I also had that until I, I opened up my eyes or this elitist attitude that you have, or you know, anything north of the Lumpopo is just dark and it's bad and it's evil and it's what CNN's showing us that it's, you know, starving animals and flies and all that crap. And mm -hmm. then you, you go into these beautiful spaces and you just feel the energy. Oh, yeah. And that, that's also something which, 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 which is a perfect... Um, area to close off on is that each and every one of us in Waka, you know, there's some people that have come and go because the energies haven't worked and that's okay. But, 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 but this is a message for me and, and you can, you can follow on it on any other artist or, or person on pursuing what you want to do in your life is that if the energy and the feel, if you're not rooted in it, don't pursue it. It is not going to work. I mean, I've had failed projects because I just did, ah, yeah, okay, cool, good paycheck. But at the end of the night, it's like you're not sleeping at night. It's like, do I want that energy? Do I want to be with those two type of people? Yeah. And where we are with Waka now is that we're a family. And even if it's work that isn't being brought in through Waka, we will still promote it, you know, and, and, yes. and push that. Exactly. And I think you've done a brilliant job, Rosie. I just want to like just say thank you for that, uh, for, you know, generations did for Southern Africans and other Africans what the Cosby show has done. And you taught me to make that parallel, um, had done for African-Americans in the US in terms of portraying um, the, the, the people who matter equally, black people who matter equally. <laughs> um, and, and, and I think that, um, you know, of course I, have learned so much from South Africa. I think 
the the reckoning that South Africa had to have in the 90s when I was a child from such a strong sense of understanding of who I am as a black person because mm-hmm. I had black heroes I had black you know I mean I had black heroes I had Mama Winnie Matikizela Mandela all these people and people who whose names we don't know whom I saw as my mother's friends who were feeding the movement and were black and then I lived in Botswana where we've only had black presidents so Rosie it's ridiculous when I moved to the U.S. and suddenly they have a black president it was very strange for me to be part of those celebrations when Obama won because I was there Mm. and um, I, I I was conflicted because I thought what am I celebrating? A black man becoming president. Um, that's all I've known. In fact, I want to fight that and say, why is it only men? Patriarchy down. But then I had to understand I'm in America. Specific cultural context, historical context. They have not evolved to the point of having a black person lead because of their history. And so I had to celebrate that. Um, and and so I just want to say thank you to you, Rosie. And that's why I'm wearing my Black Forever t-shirt because I'm Black Forever. I'm proud to be. And, you know. This is who we are. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> of course, of course. Donald, thank you so much. Um, I miss you like crazy. When we went for a break, I went crazy with the break between the recordings because I was like, Rosie, yeah. Um, but we will catch up in our private time, and I just want um, the people watching us right now to remember that they matter equally, and um, you know, being black is 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 not um, is not something to feel conflicted about. Just feel proud, uh, because a human being should be proud that they they are alive. Yeah, uh, and happy and that also they are alive. being black and being proud, and this is something that I've had to learn that it isn't. Yes, it's political, but but it's been put into such a negative context. Yes, we do have to fight for our rights. We do have to demand what you know our respect and to be equal. But it's also mm. the sense of of magic, the sense of tradition, of culture that mm-hmm. is rooted into the earth that we mm. can have our conversations with our ancestors. We don't need, we don't need validation from people on the ground. You know, it's just no, we don't. constantly. We don't. And, um, you know, it's a shame that Western um, academics always force themselves into our issues. I think that um, when a family is having a family meeting, sometimes you need to let them have that. Um, imposing yourself on it makes you look like an imbecile at best and like a terrorist really more accurately uh, because when white people keep breaking into black spaces that are supposed to be safe for black people we need to talk about that as well Um, I'm in the UK where a statue of a former slave owner in Bristol was brought down and replaced with the statue of a black woman who was protesting for that statue to be brought down. So this black woman is alive and she went to the statue and took a picture with the statue of herself that just replaced the statue of a colonizer. I mean, talk about poetic justice. It's just so refreshing to consume something other than racism. And um, 
Of course, the backlash after that was that we removed her statue. There's conversations about that. But we've moved the needle a bit further. The needle has moved further. Thank you so much, Rosie. And I am so happy because the short film I've been working on that will come out this year is about HIV AIDS and where it needs gender-based violence in uh, our context. Um, I, you know, in, when I decode that for myself, HIV AIDS is not HIV AIDS. It's really more talking about poverty because there's a difference between HIV AIDS, the disease, and HIV AIDS, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. The difference is poverty. And then when we talk about gender-based violence, again, I don't use that term. I don't like it. I've just used it because that's what they call themselves. I call it violence of women, or more accurately, killing of women, because that's what happens in Botswana. So I'm very happy to be putting out uh, work in June 16 this year, uh, hopefully, unless the pandemic doesn't allow. But it may be June 16 or the week after, but it will come out, um, where it shows that, you know, it does not have to fall upon oppressed people to speak out. Mm. Men like myself uh, in Botswana and other men uh, can stand up and speak about gender-based violence because we are the perpetrators. Instead of always leaving it for the people who are oppressed to process their trauma and then lift themselves to speak about it. So I'm happy to be calling out my fellow men and to be very, um, to be very clear about that, that they need to step up to the plate and they've been disappointing us. Um, they're disappointing me as someone who's called by the same name as them. And um, I think that um, they, they need to step up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, so thank you, Rosie. I'm happy that that's the next work that I'm doing because um, that's where I am as a person. Um, I am terminating friendships based on how someone comments about women. I'm terminating friendships based on how someone's speaking about Black people. And I am at the most peace I have ever been in my life. Yeah, it's a different type of sleep altogether. <laughs> thank you so much thank you to all of you who are watching this listening to it of course in the podcast um, he may be in another continent but once again we are working in other areas where he's literally changing that needle and we creating that shake and, and doing it in the way that we know possible and, and you know through, through our arts stepping up for, for speaking out in spaces where the voices are there but they might be muted um, and, and acknowledging also, you know, that's another thing which I've never said to you, that I, you acknowledge your privilege, but you don't use it to your advantage. And that is incredibly powerful, especially for artists out there. So Donald, I thank you for you. I thank you for your voice. I thank you for your agency. And uh, I can't wait to, 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 to see what transpires of, after, you know, your, your studies and also the conversations that you have now, because it's also pandemic related, but then it's also post-colonial um, um, related. So God bless you, Godspeed, and we'll, we'll touch base soon. Thank you so much, Rosie. I love you very much. Thank you so much for giving us, as Black people, this platform. <laughs>